Yo, yo, yo! Welcome to episode 34 of Wings, Beers, and Tears, your DMV sports podcast. It's daylight. What the hell are we doing? I know, I know. So we are here on uh, a weekend here in January, and it feels like April here in the DMV. It is goddamn 70 it's degrees great. outside. Uh, you would think the warm weather would bring with it some uh, some good feelings and good vibes, but unfortunately, here in the DMV, our sports teams have given us nothing but uh, despair here over the last week, so we will get right into it with the usual characters. I am Todd. Mr. Jerry, how are you? In mourning. Yes, I can see it. I can see it. Jeremy? I'm good, but I'm not, I'm not a Ravens fan, so <laughs> I'm doing all right. I mean, <laughs> tr- truth be told, I'm not in mourning like I would be if like West Virginia lost or if the Caps lost. I was actually more upset at the cap score than I was at the at the Ravens score, uh, but I was with my wife and she was devastated. So part of being a fan, right, is you don't get to choose when <laughs> you don't get to choose when all of your teams suck at the same time. You don't get to choose when all of your teams have success, and unfortunately, they seem to come in bunches. And right now, we're in that hellhole of fandom where no matter what team you root for. They're struggling a little bit. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's a bad, just it's so a, hard. It's a bad time to be a Fuck. DMVer. It's so hard. It but we'll just rip the Band-Aid right off and get into it. And last night, uh, one of our last hopes for another title here in the DMV, our Baltimore Ravens, sitting on the top of the pyramid in the National Football League, dropped a uh, stinker last night in the playoffs at home, and it was witnessed in person by one Jerry. So we will let you get started with the recap. Go for it, Jerry. <laughs> All right, so usually when your team has 29 first downs and the other team has 15, that's a good sign. When, yep. your, t- when your team has 530 yards of total offense and the other team has 300, that's a good sign. When your team has 345 yards passing and the other team has 83 yards, that's a good <laughs> sign. Uh, and they lost. So that's not a good sign. That's not a that's good sign. That's not a good sign. Um, it was a weird game. Yep. Uh, it was uh, the atmosphere was great, and then after that first turnover, it's like the fans started to panic. I think the Ravens started to panic, um, and the Titans. I I just think the Ravens forgot that Ryan Tannehill was their quarterback. Mm-hmm. What and, and when was the first turnover? What's that? And what what and when was the first turnover? It was first it was, drive. Yeah. So uh, it, Ravens uh, kicked off. Uh, went, the Titans went three and out. Yep. Uh, they got the ball back. Uh, Marched they, right down, right the, down field. the field. I mean, it was a perfect scenario. They were okay. probably on the 40, 40 to 35-yard line going in. And um, Lamar dropped back, you know, was rushed a little bit and threw the ball to Mark Andrews, and he tipped it. Uh, and from my seat, I just saw the tip. I couldn't see what happened. And then I saw the guy running back. So I thought, on first glance, I thought Lamar airmailed it a little bit. He didn't. Andrews yeah. just couldn't jump. Right. That that ankle definitely came back and bit him. So he was putting it where he put it all year, and Andrews just couldn't go up top and get it. Isn't it a weird dynamic, guys, in sports, that it seems like the more time off you have, the more you're injured? Yep. I, used to, I used to say that about the skins coming off a of bye week. They would have guys, guys who, after. who played – the entire season, they go in the bye week, you think it's time for them to rest up, and then now they're on the IR, or they're out even longer. It, it is incredible. The, you know, the grind that is the NFL, you know, again, you, you work all year to get these, you know, uh, these advantages, A, home field, and B, a week off, and maybe it's a curse because, like we've seen so often, that wild card number five or six ends up coming in hot as hell. And, look, Tennessee's not that dynamic. Derrick Henry's a stud. He's good. He's no good. question. Defensively, they're very strong. They're they're well coached. They're organized. But nobody on that team truly scares you, other than Henry. And 
they couldn't account for Henry, and every mistake they made ended up being a six the other way, and that was the difference. You know, you, you just read off the numbers. The Ravens controlled the clock. They controlled the ball between the 30s. Well, that gets you shit come playoff time. Gets you nothing. You got to get into the end zone, and they couldn't do it. Yeah, I didn't turn it on until it was 14 nothing. so I was like, um, okay. And then after that, the Ravens were the better team. Um, you know, I just I guess that they, they just didn't have enough. They were the better Not team bad. all game, yeah. arguably, but it doesn't matter. I mean, you know? I, I, I think – this is this is the problem I have with Ravens, and I and I said it earlier on this year that John Harbaugh was going to do something stupid um, that I thought was going to adversely affect a game, and I think I'm right. I, you, I, I you've been calling it for a long time. I understand that he's eight for eight going on fourth downs, and he's and all that, but I just don't think he understood the dynamics of the game. Um, you're down seven nothing. Um, you're marching the ball. Yeah. Um, one bad play. Um, the only way the Titans beat you is if you give them short fields. So, and they did. So you gave them one short field when the guy returned the interception back to like the 50 or something, but then Lamar had the personal foul. So Which got, was horseshit, by the right. way. But so you're starting on the 35, and they go in 35 yards. Then you get the ball back, and you're driving a little bit. It's fourth and one. You have the chance to pin them inside the 10 with Ryan Tannehill as their fucking quarterback. Yep. He is not going to go 90 yards on you. Nope. You know? I agree. He's not going to go 90. But it, he could it, drop back and go one play action right. and put it on the money, and he did. So then – Here he'll run – or he'll run 60. Yeah, so then you run – but but if you drop – if you if you drop them inside the ten, they have to go ninety. Chances are you're getting the ball back in yes. pretty much the same position that you yes. you know, and you don't you. need to do it. And Tennessee was you know after the game, uh, I think Ryan, the cornerback, said, "Look, we put eight and nine in the box, and we just didn't think their receivers could beat us, yep. and they couldn't. So mm-hmm. they were one on one coverage a lot, and they just could not separate. The yep. Ravens obviously need to get better uh, wide receivers, but I think by going for it and calling the play that they did, they got stuffed, and then boom." One play later, 45 yards, and it's 14 nothing. Now everybody's in sheer panic. Yep. It was the perfect storm of shit to start that game because, like you said, they throw the pick. It's a bit unlucky. Ball's a little high. Andrews is hurt. The guy returns it to midfield. You go, okay, you know what? You're the Ravens. They're the fucking Titans. We're fine. And then they call Lamar on a 15-yard personal foul because he tackled the guy up high. Uh, he grabbed his shoulder pads. Yeah, he didn't grab him out of bounds. Yeah. And, the, and the announcer goes, yeah, there's a horse collar. I was like the fuck are you talking about? It was like he grabbed him by his shoulder pads and pulled him down to the by ground. By the side. It was yeah. horse it was, by the back. It was, it was awful. So yeah. anyway, so now they're on the 35. A few plays later, they're they in the end in. zone. Yeah. And you're like, okay, shit. Then like Jerry says, they get the ball back. They're driving. It's fourth and one on the 40. On the 45. On the 45. And instead of punting and pinning them deep, they get stuffed. Next play, Vrabel. He's like, you know what? We're going to have very few chances this game. Yeah, you go on the Went turnover. Up top. Humphrey's got turned the other way. Guy's wide open. Tannehill right on the money touchdown. And I mean, you blink, and like you said, the the level of panic that set in was was very evident. The Titans had four touchdowns, and three of their drives were one was thirty five yards, one was forty five yards, and one was twenty yards on the strip. Yep. So they they had they had absolutely almost no offense other than Henry, and Henry had one big sixty six yarder. I mean, he's a beast. No, he's amazing. But if you, I, I thought that if you just made them play football. And make them go. Eventually, you're going to get your offense clicking, mm-hmm. and and you would have prevailed. I think when the when the Redskins, I'm Redskins, when the Ravens were down 14-6, I thought they okay, you know, because they had seized the momentum and they were yep. getting the ball first. So the and they were getting yep. the ball first, right? Yep. Um, and uh, you know, and there's 14-6. They got the ball. They were driving. They had a good drive. Um, 
Harbaugh elected to go for it again on fourth down. He could have made it 14-9. to I didn't have as much of a problem with that because you were where you were. The ball was on the 20. Right. Right. So, But I still would have kicked it and gotten the points, and then you're down. It's, a, it's lower than a one-score game. Well, I, I agree with you. 14-9 at that point, you look at it and go, we should be up in this game. It doesn't matter. Right. You're one score away. You know you're better. You know they can't drive 80 yards on you. You're still – you're almost in the driver's seat at 14-9. Instead, yeah. it's 14-6 and it stays 14-6, and the next thing you know, it's Henry, 21-6. And Henry's gone. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, obviously, Tennessee deserved to win. Oh, absolutely. They were better coached. Yep. They, they I had could a not good agree defense. More. They yep. had Lamar Jackson sort of. He, I mean, he had three turnovers. He had eight all year, right? One was a tipped pass by Andrews. One was just a bad pass by him, and one's a strip sack that you can't let happen. Yep. You know? And then, so, the short fields cost them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought... I thought it was going to come back and bite John Harbaugh in the ass this year, some of his decisions. And he's a great coach. He's a great CEO. He runs a great program. But game management for him is not his strength. Mm-hmm. It's just not. Well, I, I don't know what the you know analytics said on those two. Because uh, there's two fourth down tries, right? Yes. Both yes. Stuffed on both, on both. I only saw the second one. I don't know if it was the play call or if it was Lamar, but why you're taking a step backwards or sideways ever when you're only a half yard short makes no sense to me. I agree. Um, but what, what I would say is as long as he stuck with the same play he would have made in week two or week 12, I don't really have a problem with it. But at the same time, Jerry nailed it when he said, you know, you can't account for the dynamic of the game at that point. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen if you don't get it on the next play? That's Not right. about your win probability necessarily, which is what they've been going with all season. Sure. But what's going to happen on that next play or the next series that you can control a little bit if you do something different? And I don't think that was accounted for properly. And, and, and that's where I'm at with you, is that the coaches have these charts. Some of them are pretty ballsy, and they go, you know what? the percentage that we're going to get this half yard, regardless of where we are on the field, is high. We're going to take that chance. He's done it all year. For the most part, they've been very successful. But like Jeremy just said, the downside is what happens on the next play. And his lack of forethought there, his his thought process is we're going to get this first down. And then they didn't. And they went, oh, shit, all right, defense out there. And next thing you know, it's six points on the board behind you. Right. You can't have that double whammy twice in one game. I mean, exactly. y- y- it can't happen. I I. I think analytics has its purpose, but you also have to have a feel for the game. If you're playing against Kansas City and Pat Mahomes and you're going to need to score 35 to win, right? then you go for it. Sure. If you're playing against Ryan Tannehill, who who hadn't thrown for 100 yards even the week before. He didn't throw for 100 yards he last didn't night? Throw for lo- so, so if <laughs> Seven he, for 14 for 88. So and they won a fucking playoff game. On one yeah. Play. Yeah. So if, yeah. <laughs> so if you just play football. If you play football, chances the are Patriots and the Ravens like that. Yeah, the chances are you're going to win. I think you kick it. That's why I said you kick it. I agree with you because you know the irony of this whole thing is the is the first Ravens Super Bowl uh, with Brian Billick and Trent Dilfer as the quarterback. They pretty much played exactly as Tennessee played yep. last night. Yes, they did. You know, Absolutely. Dilfer was right there about a hundred yards, like 12, 12 attempts the, a game, and the, everybody was it was driving everyone crazy. Yeah. And that was the formula. Then they go like four games without scoring offensive touchdowns. Because because the defense was so good, a exactly. punt is a win. That's right. Because eventually they're going to get a turnover. <laughs> That's right. And you're going to get a short field. Yep. Exactly. I mean, so it was just it was it was kind of interesting how that all came full circle. So it's very frustrating, and I can't tell you how many times. 
as a fan, I've been on the losing end of those games. Oh, it's the worst, isn't it? it? Yeah, I mean, I remember when West Virginia was in its heyday and they lost that pit. They oh, had they had like six hundred total yards yeah. more than Pitt. Was it seventeen ten or something like it, that? No, yeah, it was like some thirteen nine. Thirteen nine. And they all Pitt had they had one player named LaShawn McCoy yes. that I never pretty good player. He's a pretty good player. But they just kept they just I mean they just kept getting Five yards, five yep. yards, five yards, and West Virginia would go down and they'd get eighty yards, and then they turn it over. It's so, it's, it's, it's it, so frustrating. It is, and it's agonizing as a team. And when you're fans like we are, because I think we're pretty good fans. A, we're loyal. B, we're we don't have any visions of grandeur. If our team's not that great, we're going to be like, hey, I'm a fan of my team, but you know what? They they have flaws here and here and there. Um, so we watch the game, I think, with, with that fandom side of us, but also with that, uh, you know, knowing exactly what might happen. And last night, I could just see every scenario playing out. I was like, right. fuck, here we go. Oh, shit. Uh, yep, here it is again. And next thing you know, like you said, but even with all that being said, at 14-6 at halftime, there was a level of, you know, there's a level of optimism there, and I'm going, all right. And and where you know, where I thought the Ravens were in real trouble was the Derrick Henry run mm-hmm. that took it from one end of the field to the other end of the field. Yep. And and the yep. Ravens, their defense all year has benefited from time of possession by being in control and having the ball all the time, which made their defense look better uh, than it really was. And the, you know their defensive line just got gashed. It, I mean, they did. Tennessee yeah. controlled both sides of the line mm-hmm. of scrimmage and. You know, that was a big part of the game. Well, I'll give Tennessee a ton of credit again. Oh, yeah. I, I think Vrabel did a hell of a job. Tough players, man. And you know what? They, they reflect him because when he played, wasn't that big, wasn't that fast, but he was durable as hell, had like a dozen tackles a game, and he was just mean and nasty, and that's the way they play on both sides of the ball. I agree. You know? Um, not, not the most exciting brand of football, but I got a lot of respect for him. So, you know. Down goes the DMV, Baltimore Ravens. God right. damn it. Uh, it's going to make the rest of the playoffs a little less uh, enticing for me to watch. I'll tune in because, you know, it's football. It's, it's football, and, and it, it will be, it, there will be some drama. There will be some, uh, some you know, high-stakes games going on here, including here in about an hour. Um, we'll see who the, uh, the Titans take on, uh, whether it's the Chiefs or the Texans. I would, I would be stunned if Kansas City lost. I am because I, I, I think Houston's not that. I, I am praying that KC wins because I got to tell you, a Houston Tennessee final for the oh AFC Championship God. is like watching paint dry. I don't think I like any potential Super Bowl matchup right now. Anyway, I mean, like, you think Seattle KC? Like, yeah, I kind of like I kind of like KC Green Bay. I, I think that could be a good yeah. game. I'd kind of like KC San Francisco. I just like I like the way mm. San Francisco plays defense, man. They just, they, I mean, they, they, they hit, they, they and, hit and, and, they and hit. boy, they yeah. put it on Minnesota yesterday. That man. probably would, that, that one might entice me. Well, I'll take it back. I mean, it's I'll watch bad. it just for the commercials. Well, yeah, that's the one thing <laughs> I pay attention to. So, so speaking of of the NFL and the teams that are remaining, you know, all of them have uh, attributes that we as Redskins fan fans want our team to adopt. You know, whether it be a defense first philosophy, whether it be grooming a young quarterback, doing whatever. Um, but one thing that's interesting about San Francisco that I was very impressed with yesterday, Jerry, you said it. They get pressure with so many basic packages that it just makes the rest of the defense so much more flexible. I mean, they'll bring four in a number of different ways, um, and they seem to always get pressure. I mean, Cousins had almost no time yesterday the entire game, yeah. and they never really ever blitzed. I have no idea what that's like. I'm used to seeing no pressure ever. <laughs> well, they run a 4-3, so that's what hopefully the Redskins can start doing. And and that game, for me, really solidified that Chase Young has to be the Redskins' first pick. Because of Bosa. 
Yeah, because of Bosa. Bosa, he changed that entire game yesterday. And his th- presence out there and was I just... Think, I think Chase Young's better than Bosa. Really? I do. Absolutely. I don't think well, he's I as think, big and strong. Though. I think he's a better athlete because he's just a ridiculous athlete at his size beyond that. He was, I, I don't know, to be he honest. He was better. You know, he replaced Bosa. Yeah. Um, to a large extent, and he was better than he was before. But do you he got think hurt. his skill set and his his attributes translate to the next level? Absolutely. Okay, I'll defer to you on that one, and I hope you're right. And if I'm GM, I'm picking him, and there's no question. Well, I mean, you got to figure out if this guy's got mental issues or something. Well, I mean, sure. there, there's always something, you know. Um, you know what? I'll take mental issues over like an ACL from a year ago, which seems to be <laughs> what they love to draft. Well, you also yeah. ha- you also have to think: is there a potential to trade back? And do you, and as the cornerback, you know, as good as Chase Young is, is the cornerback from Ohio State just as good at his position? And he'll be there at five if Miami wants to come up and give a bunch of picks. So that is the only up. caveat, like we talked about last yeah. time. The only way I move from two and not take Young is if you give me a King's Ransom and then I get two impactful players in the first round. But as it stands right now, assuming that Chase Young is as good as advertised with no red flags, that major red flags that pop up, and there's nobody giving you an RG3 type trade to trade back, then he's your guy. He's your man. Because he's, he's, I think he's impactful. I agree. I agree. Uh, Getting pressure on the quarterback is so key. And that's what these playoffs are showing us yet again. Every year come playoff time, the teams that are able to last longer get pressure. And last night they were in Lamar's, you know, back pocket a good part of that game. You know, yes, he had over 500 yards of offense. Yes, they moved the ball up and down the field, but they still got to him when it was important. Because well, I mean, the strip sack, that to me, that was the game. That was I mean, the game. They yep. were still, they really never were out of it until then. then yep. they were out of it. I agree. I agree. All right, so Redskins. Make some moves in the past week and a half. They demote, well, not the, maybe that's not the right word. They move Doug Williams from senior VP of player personnel to senior VP of player development. No idea what that means, but my guess is uh, you're going to get a paycheck because you're a Redskin legend and you're going to work on the alumni stuff and you're going to do this, this, and this. But when it comes to draft day and trades, we'll send you an email, but we're not going to talk to you about it. Well, and also I think, you know, he was a college coach. That's more where his expertise lies. He can have you know more you know, a development role as opposed to a uh, you know a pro scouting or pro trade draft role that he just didn't seem suited right. for. So of all the people in the building that they were going to retain, he's the most likely for the reasons you just said. Right, but you move him out of the direct right. making pay making Correct. picks. Correct. Type thing. So you give him a role that he can embrace. He's good at, like Jeremy said, if it's more on the college liaison side, and if it's the alumni game, the homecoming game, if he has a little yeah. bit of say right. down the road with the stadium. Yeah, yeah you know, I mean, rookies, what do you guys need? You know, let me help sure. you find an apartment. Let me help you stay out of trouble. You know, this kind of stuff. You know, he yeah. can do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm Smart not saying, guy, good guy. Right. You know, I'm not so. saying he should have been fired. I'm just saying he got moved out of right. because Ron Rivera didn't want him picking the players. Mm-hmm. Or he might be in the room, but he's not going to Well, have. again, this gets back to what I was saying last pod about who has control. Rivera's bringing in guys to make sure that decision is made in that room, and there's no reason to go outside of that room to get a resolution. Eric Schaefer, gone. Yeah, like mutual. And from mutual. what I heard, mutual. But, yeah. I mean, it was he was gonna he was gonna be gone, and he has offers because he's really good at what he does. Sure. But they brought in some guy named Rob Rogers. No idea who he is, but he has a Rivera connection. Well, he was basically the Eric Schaefer of Carolina yeah, right. with yeah. Rivera. Uh, yep. So, so that's see, a Rivera. Call. See, and that and that to me, when I heard Schaefer was gone, I was a little 
I was a little disconcerted because I'm like, he seems like such a good dude, yeah. but he got replaced by another good dude that's Rivera's guy. Who's Rivera's So you know what? I'm glad he got replaced right away. In other words, there's not a void at that position. Yep. And it's a guy that Rivera trusts. And like Jerry said, that means that Rivera's pulling all the strings right now. Right. That's fine yes. with me. Continue. Kyle <laughs> Smith is still on board as the director of college scouting, but I think if he works well with Rivera for the draft and through – um, maybe portions of free agency, maybe he becomes the GM. I mean, I think personally from not knowing the guy at all, <laughs> but he's A.J. Smith's son. Right. And from – I really I really like the Redskins beat writers. I like J.P. Finley. Yeah. I think John Kime's pretty good. Yep. And they rave about him. Mm-hmm. Like the, the Redskins have had decent drafts. Not great drafts, but decent drafts. Um, and a lot of it's the, the preparation mm-hmm. that he does. So – um, I think he's a rising star. At least he sounds like it, and I think they do too. That's why he's still yep. there. Yep. Uh, they got rid of the trainer uh, and brought in Ryan Vermillion, which I think is a move to try to keep Trent Williams. Potentially. I, potentially. Yeah. I, I'm not that interested in doing that. But um, if uh, you know what, what do I know? If Ron Rivera wants to keep him, and you could lock him down for at least one more year. Uh, maybe that's what he does. Mm-hmm. Scott Turner replaced Kevin O'Connell. Kevin O'Connell went out west. He's with the Rams now, yep. which is going to be has the potential of being pretty dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, except they have Jared Goff, and he sucks because he was my <laughs> fantasy quarterback. <laughs> Got Jack Del Rio, Kenny Zampezi as a quarterbacks coach. Randy Jordan stays, um, and then the rest of the coaching staff is all. Former Panthers. Yep. So if there's any doubt who has control at Redskin Park, there is no more doubt. It nope. is Ron Rivera. He's, he's which is what I I don't know any I don't know if these guys are good or bad, but I know it's him making choices. Absolutely. Well I would I would much rather him handpick who he wants and have a full a full sale change than part and parcel of well this guy used to know Dan Snyder's bodyguard and he has this connect all that shit's well, gone and at yeah. least Rivera's running the ship right now the way he wants to on the field. Rivera took that damn fine culture, took a dump on it, put it in the dumpster and set it on fire. And thank God for that. Yeah. I mean <laughs> Well said, Jeremy. <laughs> I mean if the Redskins sucked, it's one guy's fault. Ron yes. Rivera. Yep. We don't and, uh, un- unless, of course, in the fourth game, um you know, Dwayne Haskins throws two picks. Uh, Ron Rivera yanks his ass out. After the game, Haskins goes to Dan Snyder and says, this is bullshit. This offense is, is holding me back. This guy doesn't know what he's doing. And then Dan Snyder gets involved right? like he did with Shanahan, and then it's all at the fucking And then it's down. an issue. Yeah. yeah. So this yeah. is all good first steps. Yep. Let's see if it can keep on going. Yep. It, you know, and like I, I mean, like I would tell Dan Snyder is, um, when you were running the show, there were 17 Redskin fans in the stadium. How bad is it going to get? Yeah. You know, who cares if Dwayne Haskins is the quarterback? Right. If coach doesn't think he's going to be the best option, then he's not the best option. Right. So it's not like you're losing fans. You don't have any fans that want to go. Well, and we've we've gone on and on about this from, you know, our Redskins preseason preview all the way up through the shit show of this uh, 2019 regular season and to now. <clears throat> and the only reason you would have any optimism going forward was to see a wholesale change. And we've seen that. And it's somebody now in charge that is a legit NFL lifer that has had success over a long period of time. It's not like he coached for three years, got him to the Super Bowl one year, and they were below 500. He was there for almost a decade and was 14 games over 500. That's legitimate. Right. So now, does that translate to wins here? Sure, shit, hope so. But, you know, we'll see. But at least it's the right first step, like you said. And it gives us a little bit of reason to be optimistic. 
Well, and that's just it. I mean, it may all come crashing down in week one. We'll, we'll never know. But I think it gives us a lot more hope than we've had in the past. And I don't think you're going to see a lot of 3-13 and 13 or 4-12 and 12 predictions for this team next year. And just, you know. God, I, know, I hope not. Yeah, we, see, we, we talked about Trent a little bit. I, I feel like it's one of these things where if Rivera wants him back, he'll be back. Because I don't think it's going to take that much to keep him. Oh, bullshit. Um, it's going to take a new fucking contract. Oh, well, That's all this was about was more money. It, it was. It uh, was. Well, it was. I'm a, interested to see how he reacts to Rivera, though. Like yeah, a legit sure. guy. And like you said, new trainer, new medical staff, the whole nine. If he walks in and they go, hey, Trent, man, that regime just did you wrong. We're sorry. You know, are, are you on board? And if he's like, I trust this man, I want to play for this guy, and here we go. Now, well, you know. And to Jerry's point, if he wants five years guaranteed, it ain't going to happen. <laughs> right, pound but sand, I think dude. Get two, you but know, so. I like what Rivera said. Enough with the blaming. Either come back or leave. Mm-hmm. You know, come yeah. back or leave. Stop blaming. Stop yeah. going, you know, both sides. I mean, I, it was a message to both sides. Stop trying to make Trent Williams look stupid, and Trent Williams, stop playing the victim. Right. Let's either shit or get off the pot, man. Mm-hmm. You want to stay? Stay. Let's work something out. If you don't, we'll try to get you. We'll try to get the best deal we can for you. But we're right. not giving you away. Right. We have the leverage, and we don't owe you anything. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. Yep. Well, so I liked. I liked when he said that. Uh, it'll be interesting how that show, how, how that plays out. I think I'm telling you. I, I know we talked. This is a Ravens Redskins show. I would be if I was the Ravens. You have an excess number of tight ends. <laughs> this is the Jerry tight end theory. And I'm watching the game. I'm watching the game last night. And if you you got the Ravens, you got big big Brown at tackle. Mm-hmm. Can't move. No. Ronnie Stanley at tackle. Pretty good player. You bring Trent Williams in to that thing, and you're in the middle of your line is a bowl of shit. I mean, Marshall Yanda <laughs> is like 900 years old, and he's a good player, but who knows, is he going to play next year? Who knows? The rest of the, the toes two guys, they got the shit kicked out of them. I mean, they were god-awful. Yeah, they, so got, they, got, they got rocked last if night. If you could bring him in and bump one of those tackles down to a guard, then you have a dominant side, and you get some wide receivers who could be one-on-one. I mean, that, is a, that would be amazing. Right, and then you have an excess number of tight ends. Give one of those. I mean, it ain't gonna be Andrews, right? And, right. and it ain't gonna be Boyle because he's not good enough for a trade. But Hayden Hurst is. That's your boy, That's my boy. <laughs> I think I'm telling you. I think I would. I would be looking if I was the Redskins. It wouldn't be a straight up trade. You might have to throw a fourth yeah. in or something. But. He might need to be coached to look for the ball once in a while. <laughs> oh my God! Did you see that? I just yeah. Came right in the shoulder. And I mean, was, <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, sorry." Well, you know, you see, he was probably just like. Uh, yeah, I think he knew he was like that's that's bad. Oh, Lamar's leader. face was great. He's yeah. like, dude, for real. <laughs> Holly uh, was eating at the time because we had left by then, and we were watching it at a bar. And she grabbed her knife, and I thought she was going to stab me. <laughs> she was like, "Why do you look for the ball? Why do you look for the ball?" And I was like, uh, "I don't know. I don't know. We're just." I eating. mean, it was a perfect pass, and Hater was like, "Boom!" Hit him in the shoulder. <laughs> Even with that, I still take his ass because the Redskins. I think that's their biggest need on offense. Is a tight end. A tight end is a quarterback's best friend, so especially if, a young quarterback. I don't know. Obviously, I haven't looked at the depth of the draft board. Not past, great. Past the, the, the first great. round. So, is there going to be one of those Midwestern Iowa boys in the second or third or I fourth think the round? Kid from Notre Dame is a first rounder. Okay. Um, he went out after saying that he was staying, probably because he didn't want to play for Brian Kelly, the criminal anymore. Oh, that fucking Kelly asshole! Really I can't Kelly stand Kelly. that guy. But the apparently, world would want to play for him. By but the way. he is—he's uh, a first rounder with some skill, so he's legit. Okay. But it's a weak crop, man. Okay, it's a weak crop. 
All right. Well, I mean, t- you also have to thank Cleveland's. They still need are in desperate need of an offensive tackle. They wanted Trent Williams last year. They have Joku. Yeah, but he sucks now. Well, I mean, what you got to get a first and him, or hmm. I mean that 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 guy's mean. I mean, he's not that much different than he's hurt every year. Yeah, you know, he's he's what you've had. Yeah, so he's like Reed, but not as good. <laughs> And traditionally, the skins love that. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, yeah. you know, excess baggage on that guy, we'll pay more for him. Yeah, I don't. I so I, I don't think the I'll Cleveland's going to work out like that. They'll plus, probably, they'll probably bring Greg Olson. Plus, they, <laughs> they probably will bring Greg Olson in as Jimmy a Graham as a, as a, as, a, as a tight end slash announcer. <laughs> you know, player coach, player coach, <laughs> like slap shot. That's right. Ah, yep. oh, son of a bitch. But they have options, and it's going to be interesting. I, I it's going to be interesting to see. I think by the off season, we'll know what sort of how Ron Rivera revi- um, envisions the team. Mm-hmm. If he's targeting offensive linemen, he's going to run the ball. If he's targeting wide receivers and free agency, obviously they need some big help at defensive backfield. Oh, huge! I mean, and they got they got they got cap room. They, well, here's the deal: they've got cap room for the first time in a long time. They have lots of draft picks, and they have the potential to acquire even more draft picks, depending on how it all falls out. Yeah, they just need so many. Players, they, they so many positions. Yeah. You they, know. they don't have a second round pick though, so that's another thing to think about. And, and that's where you you bring up the trade back if you get the right partner and package, and that could be huge. Yeah, I mean, there's a kid from Iowa who's not as dynamic as Chase Young, but he's just six six two ninety. AJ a, a Benzer is in, something like that. Okay, know. but he's a top ten defensive end um, type. He he can't get to the quarterback like, uh, but he's a really good player. And he can stop the run. And well, we've got a, a, we, we've got quite a few really good players. We've got some guys that can stop the run. We have to have that dynamic edge rusher. That's, I'm, I'm with you. Got to have it. Other than quarterback, an edge rusher is the most important player in football. You know, and watching some of these <clears throat> playoff games with these teams that that bring pressure from the edge, whether it's one player or a package that brings it, it changes the game. It really does. I mean. It, it's it can't be overstated how important it is. It's so much more important than a middle linebacker. It's so much more important than a safety. It's so much more important than a wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, if you can get to the quarterback, you got a chance. You got a chance no matter who you're playing. Yep. Yep. It's almost like the great equalizer. And I think though also in the four three, you, you don't have to be as good of an edge rusher to make an impact as you do in the three four. Right. So maybe uh, you know Young will be a little bit of overkill if that trade comes through because you know we were talking about the that the system, the points, whatever that you look at for making that that first round trade. And oh they, yeah, like the would, points, the, the points, yeah. the points chart. Yeah. And you know if you do it right, you, you know, ha 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 with the Redskins. But again, new new hope. We'll see. <laughs> If you can get three starters instead of instead of one starter because you trade down, absolutely. Oh, you, you do just, it. You just have you do to it. do it. I mean, I mean, Miami is the perfect trade partner. Yeah, because you can drop down to five, so five nineteen, and like five a nineteen, or and a, yeah, or, or a low or a low yeah. second, yeah. five twenty five, low second, boom. Now yeah. you can get three starters, mm-hmm. and then you got to think uh, Burrow goes first, Tua goes second. Chase Young goes third to the Giants. That hurts a little bit. It does. Or no, maybe Chase Young goes third to the Lions. The Lions have the third pick. Oh, do they? Okay. And the Giants, That's right. They, the they Giants, fell off a cliff the last six right, weeks. The Giants year. pick whomever. And then you're sitting there with players like Jerry Judy, the, maybe the corner from Ohio State, maybe the linebacker from Clemson. The linebacker. Everybody raves about. That guy's shooting up the board. Because he is yep. a hybrid who can play safety yep. and, I mean, he can cover tight ends one-on-one. Yep. I mean that dude apparently is people drool over him. Yep. yep. So 
And we'll see what he does tomorrow night in the national cha- championship game because, yeah. you know, he, he will be front and center. That is going to be a fucking amazing game. It's going to be a great game. It'll be a great game. Watch it be a blowout. But I Thank God it's on a Monday night. Yeah. yeah. Awful. <sighs> Stupid. I think it's, it's going to be a good one. I really no, know. I think it's going to be a great game. Jeremy, I have a question for you. Why shouldn't I kill myself over watching the Capitals play now? Because they're still the best team in the league. No, they're not. Todd Reardon, I hate that guy. <laughs> they, 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 5-1 to, to fucking New Jersey. Yeah, I hope. Like crap. I mean, there's no question. And they lost to, I mean, they can't, they can't beat, they, they play, they have a losing record against teams in their division. They're 6-7 and seven for the year. For the year? For the year. Yeah, well, fucking I mean, disgust this shit. Losing to Philly, Philly was on fire, and they don't lose at home. So, that, that, you know, you'd like a better effort, but oh, they just didn't get them. it done. The, 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 the New Jersey game is concerning, but again, this is the this is that funk time of the season between you know holidays, All Star break. They're always bad. It doesn't matter. They just got to make sure they pick it up later. I mean, everybody, you don't want them to win the damn President's Trophy. So why are we complaining? Yeah, but I don't want to lose five one at home to fucking New Jersey. Cares? Would you feel better if it was three two in the shootout? I yeah, we get a well, point. We get a point. Three two, like last second over regulation winner for New Jersey. I wouldn't feel any better. And I would have wasted my time watching it instead of watching something else. Here's what's concerning to me, and I know I over okay, I overreact. And I don't <laughs> no, I don't know. Never, the way you phrased react. the question sounded very measured. Yeah. I believe you said, Why shouldn't I kill myself over <laughs> Washington Capitals? Obviously <laughs> Obviously Todd Reardon's position before and after the game is, Hey guys, no worries. Yeah, let's just go out there and have some fun and, and shoot the shit, right? He's obviously trying to get them to deliver a message so they play hard. And obviously they are just giving him the finger either to his face or mentally, especially the Russians, right? Kuznetsov, is he even on the team anymore? He's been demoted. He still sucks. Um, I, don't, I, think, I don't think he motivates. I don't think they respect him. I, I really don't. I don't think the, the, the players of the Washington Capitals have any respect for Todd Reardon like they did for Barry Trotz, and that's a problem. That's my take. Okay. That's a good take. Jeremy, do you want to chime in? Um, All right, that, so, so real quick, being, yeah. real quick, the, the, the Caps have hit a rough spell. They still are number one in the NHL in terms of points, but they're not playing great hockey, and they haven't been great, playing great hockey for about two to two and a half weeks, arguably. There have been, there have been some ugly patches in there. So Jerry thinks the wheels are coming off. We're dead. Well, yeah. I mean, they're Typical. Not, they're, you know, they're not good. You never want to see a team that we expect to be this good play that bad. I, I'm not saying, that, yay, I, you know, don't worry about it. Who cares? Although I don't. Um, but the, 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 the koozie thing, especially, it, it was a demotion, sort of. But it was more about the the two power play units as a whole. They were all the the, the power play one's been awful, and people always used to complain. You know, people like Jerry about Johansson <laughs> Johansson being on PP one and, and koozie. I feel being like on I'm PP2. a criminal defendant. He's talking to a jury. So like this yeah. piece of shit over here. <laughs> um, but, oh, know, is he in the room? Oh, shit, he's right there. Kuzi and Backy do the same things on the power play. Yeah, they hold the puck. Yeah. So having both of them on the same power play doesn't really help you that much. But by default, that's I mean, Kuzi's one of your best players. You put him up there. I would much rather have those two split up and each unit get one minute for a lot of reasons. One, more energy. Two, a different look. And three, you don't fuck up your 5v5 for the next five minutes after the power play because Carlson and Ovi were out there for a minute 55. All of those were good reasons to make this change. It looks like a demotion for Kuzi. I don't think it really is as much as the PP1 just sucked. Hmm. That's my thought on the power play. All right, so I have, I have two thoughts on this. One is on the mental side of things. Um, <clears throat> I don't know that Reardon isn't respected. I think he is. 
Especially I think, by the defenseman. The I think he's defenseman. incredibly cerebral when it comes to the in-game action. So he, he gives off this air of, we're going to be good, we're going to be good. I think he honestly believes that, though. He's seen and played enough hockey that he's not going to get too high when we win 5-1. He's not going to get too low when we lose 5-1. I think the guys absolutely love him. You know, from all the accounts, the <clears throat> the way practices are run, the energy in the room, they buy into his systems. I don't think that there's any reason to be concerned on that front. But again, we're not in the room, and that can turn on a dime. So that side of it, I'm not that concerned about. The on-ice side, I am seeing some glaring deficiencies that I was worried about early in the season. And when we're bad, they rear their ugly heads, and it is so obvious. And two things, pace and work rate. And work rate, I combine the physicality with the energy and the pace. And we don't fucking work that hard. We play games because we're highly skilled and we're a veteran-laden team. We have a stud goalie when he's on. And I'm talking about Samsonov. Um, <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, and, and the bottom line is we still have such high-end talent all up and down that lineup that we're banking on our talent being better than your talent. The problem is the landscape of the NHL is changing before our eyes with how even the league is and how fast the league has become. And you play a team like New Jersey last night that on paper doesn't scare you. They fucking skate. Oh, yeah. They're super, super fast. And by the way, we look like we were in mud last night. Yeah, 5-1 with an empty netter. It should have been worse, really. It, it really should have been. Um, and that's and one see, of the reasons why it didn't bother and, me that but, much. But that's why it bothers me is yeah. because that's continuously our, our deficiency is we bank on the fact that we're going to be okay because we're better. At some point, you have to be better. And well, last year in the playoffs, I think Carolina beat us with pure pace and work and effort. That's how they beat us. And I think Todd would agree with Todd. I think Reardon would have the same analysis. Um, he knows. So to Jerry's yeah, point, yeah, fucking do yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> but and that's the thing is though. But you you also at times need to play games like they played last night for him to be able to say this is what you're doing wrong. Because if nine out of ten games they only have one or two plays like that, they win four two, no big deal. Well, you know what? They had five or six plays like that. Almost every one of them turned into a goal. I know we rip, we've been ripping on Holpe. He had a couple of saves that were absolutely ridiculous that he shouldn't have made. No, you're right. Now, it didn't matter because it was already four one. Right. But you know, I but and that's the thing. I think that that you know, to to Jerry's concern, we'll see. We'll find out how much they respect him over the next month or so because. Now they're back into this plan every other day, except obviously for the All Star break itself. You know, it's almost that, that playoff, you know, mode in terms of, you know, not much practice, game every other day, you know, you're, and you're going to have to, you know, play well. And if they don't, they will not be the top team in the league for very much longer. And maybe I'm a little hard on Todd Reardon where I probably shouldn't be, even if I think the players don't respect him. I'm not saying it's all his fault. It's got to be tough to coach this team mm-hmm. because they're not hungry at all. Right. They have a bunch of vets who've been there, and they've all been successful, and they're you know well recognized. And and this is the cup winning group. And this is the yeah. cup winning. There's not much you can actually do. Right. So <laughs> so when you're not coaching like young up and comers like Carolina who are hungry and will exactly. listen to everything you say, exactly, it's difficult. Yep. So, but the 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 fact is, Holtby has been bad for about a month. I mean, every game is four or five goals. Every game. So it's either. It's either not him and the defense is just breaking down and they're getting far too many chances, which it may be because I've, you know, you hear things like uh, Jensen 
Reardon's on Jensen and very critical yeah, of Jensen. Benched him. Yeah, and uh, he wasn't very good, <laughs> right? And and uh, Juice just got demoted, right? Got put sent back down to Hershey. So so obviously those are signs that the defense is not playing up to the expectations that the coaches have. But you know, Holtby has uh, as great as he's been for the Caps, he does have the reputation uh, of sometimes tanking. Um, on portions of the season. Then he can get obviously hot and win a cup for you. Uh, but it's not like he's like, uh, you know, who's the, who, who's the, like, who's the guy from New Jersey who could stop everything? Marty Bredore. Oh, right. Like that right. dude, he, yeah. or, or, um, you know, the rank King. He's not a long quiz. Yeah, he's, he's not, not quick. he's not that. Yeah, he, he's just you. not going right. to get you. Right. If you score more than two goals on him, like, holy shit. Well, How did that happen? Well, I defended him about a month ago here on the podcast, and I said, you know, his his career is just as you just described. It's it's a roller coaster, and when he's down, he's he's really bad. But when he gets back up, he's lights out, amazing. And he usually recovers. That's his. Well, that's also his history. As inconsistent as he has been in his career, when you look at the numbers, he's very consistent in his patterns. So he dips, he rises. He dips, he rises. His rises this year haven't really been that impressive. Well, I think that's also suppressed by Samsonov being so good yeah. that Reardon's like, well, I'm not going to let you come back and next game and play because we have to play this guy once a mm-hmm. week, and he's playing better than you. Very good I mean, point. That, Very good. that guy is is a future saver for the for the Cavs. He could I mean. be. Could be. Now, no, you make a good point, Jeremy, whereas in the past, he was the horse, so you had to get him the next game or two, and he would right the ship a little bit. He has fewer of those opportunities, but... He is still the starter on the team based on the number yes. of you know sure. games that he's yeah. played, his pedigree, everything else. He his goals against average now is over three. Hmm? And his save percentage is under, is nine. under nine. Under nine. Well, that's what's going to happen when you give up four goals and seven shots or whatever. Right. It takes a long time to yeah. recover from that. I, I, he, I, I get that, but these numbers are like these are Martin Jones numbers. These aren't quick numbers when he's down, yeah, which right. is what traditionally Holtby has been. So the, there are warning signs, you know. Um, well, and the thing is, it's almost you know in some ways. I wouldn't say a blessing in disguise because you don't want him to play bad. But if there's any real question about what's going to happen next year, almost every game is is erasing that question. Um, and I, I, it, you know, it's it's it stinks to see because you need both of these. You you want Holtby to be your goalie this year in the playoffs if you want to go far. Right. You really do. That's in my opinion. I don't think I don't think Sam Sonoff has shown us you know that he can carry the team. He hasn't been given the opportunity yet either. But one of the things we talked about a couple of pods ago is, you know, who's going to start the home game, the road game, stuff like that. And they, they did the opposite of what I expected. And I almost, and that's a lot of times, you know, the, the main reason you start your stud at home is because you have a better chance to win that game. With, the, you know, the second change, with the face-off rules, all that stuff. So what do you do? You just, it's just like, you know, a lot of analytics. Give your chance, your best chance to win one of the two games is to start your stud in the best opportunity. Well, Reardon, in that case, has been starting Samsonov the last few times. He has. He has been using that as, hey, this is the game we have a better chance to win. I'm playing the better guy. That's exactly what he's doing right now. I mean, he would still say, hope he's my number one. So would GM, you know, BM. But that's not what Reardon's showing with with his who he's starting these days. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, the Caps have a lot of older players. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea to, you know, Maybe use the IR a little bit mm-hmm. if you if you really want to rest somebody and uh, you don't want to, you can't obviously you're not going to inactivate anybody and disrespect them like that but just say you know Ovi take some time off get how bad Oshie. is that shoulder yeah. ooh that's yeah. terrible because I mean, huh? everybody's injured <laughs> right. everybody's injured at this point of the season there's that's, there's no one who's healthy 
I, I'm with you on that idea. I wouldn't necessarily use IR unless, hey, if a guy needs to miss four, let him miss ten. That's fine. I have no problem with that part of it. But, you know, you, you roll your four lines. Your third and fourth line are playing well. <laughs> They're actually producing you know, right they now. Don't, you, know, you, they know? Don't, you don't need to run the first line out there for 18 minutes. Second and if Haglin had any so. semblance of hands, he would have had two goals last night. My God, yeah, he was yeah, on the yeah. doorstep just with yeah. gold yeah. opportunities. Yep. As good as he is on the PK, he is so <laughs> oh, deficient. You know, he's one of those guys. He'll end up with five or six goals, and four of them will be like ricocheted off his ass or something. I mean, he just he cannot finish. So uh, Dave Evans, uh, uh-huh. his daughter plays with Peyton on their team. By the way, we won our first game twelve to two. Fantastic, very nice. It was. Were they, you coaching? Was it? No, no. I was uh, screaming. Uh, and <laughs> Dave, Dave was like, sit, sit down, sit down. <laughs> but Dave said he just looks at me and goes, Chandler Stevenson. He's like, I'd love to know if they're using him different. <laughs> Or if, <laughs> or if, or if maybe he's got like new equipment. I don't know. Yeah, I'm so, pretty sure he's getting a lot more ice time. He's yeah, getting more ice time. I, I but think he's that's also just deli- it. He's also delivering because he didn't deliver in Washington. It's not like I was just a dick because I didn't like him. Like when he he did nothing when he you was know, out no, there. That's definitely not why he, he heard you so. and he didn't deliver because yeah. he wanted to get the hell out of town. Maybe I intimidated <laughs> him and I apologize. No, I mean Dave. Dave really. He was. He he said he he hasn't watched him a lot, but. He no, I saw that text. He was like, what the hell are they doing with yeah. him? And he said, He'd I'd love, love to, know to see if, yeah, what if, they're doing with him yeah, differently. Yep. What, what did they see that, that our coaches didn't see? Or maybe it is just – maybe it's luck. Maybe he's, now his shots are going in. Maybe – I don't know. Fuck. Maybe he likes well, playing on the West Coast. Part of it is luck. The is other he, part of it is deployment. And is he playing 3C? I have no idea what position he's even playing out there. He's because, playing on the wing. Okay. And I think he floats between the third and fourth lines. Okay. But he's pretty much in the lineup every night. Yes. Yeah. And that's the difference, right? Yeah, he's that, that, he's that getting more too. minutes, but he's also scoring, <laughs> you know, in those more minutes. See, but this is why the NHL is so hard to break into because you have to do all the peripheral things. You have to be able to PK if that's your goal. You got to be able to back check if you're one of those forwards that's not a big goal scorer. He did a lot of the little things, but like Jerry said, he just never really produced. I mean, his point totals were very small compared to the well, time he did get. Like but going against a Boyd who's not even playing right now, but he's more dynamic than Stevenson. Absolutely. Right. But it's hard when you're one of those guys that he's clearly not an AHLer. He's an NHL caliber sure. player. But some of those guys need a year where they get 75 games in order to impose their will. You know, they need 75 games. Um, And when you're only getting 45, you're fucked, you know? And I think, unfortunately, that happens a lot of the time. And Stevenson was a byproduct of that. 40, 45 games a year wasn't enough for him to show his shit, you know? So So, as we sit here today... As we said, there's no way KC loses this game. Um... Houston's up 14 nothing on nothing. Kansas City. What the fuck is going on with the AFC champs slash I don't like contenders? This. I don't like this, Jerry. I don't like it either. Honestly, I like playoffs when the favorites are in there. Fucking A right. Because I want to see the best teams play. So last year, you had the fucking uh, Patriots and Chiefs in that epic AFC championship game. That was must-see TV. Houston, Tennessee next oh week. Oh, my God. I'd rather just watch Footloose. You know what? Let's get together here and watch Footloose. Just fucking watch Footloose, man. I'd rather watch Hammered. <laughs> shitting me. So That's so pathetic. bad. I'd, ra- I'd rather watch Peyton's team win 12 to 2. I'll take an Uber. We'll do the power. There, there was 100 <laughs> shots in the game. And they scored 14 points. Maybe three of, maybe three of them. The, the ones that maybe 30% of them hit the rim. Sweet. And uh, it's a pretty good percentage. Ten percent went. In. I mean, it was. I love them. I mean, she she was playing hard, and and all those girls are playing hard. And it's funny, they look just 
ridiculously bad when they're <laughs> like driving the ball and then having the layup. They'll shoot the top, you know, when they do a layup, there's nobody there. Um, and they'll do a layup and hits the top of the backboard and doesn't hit anything. And you're just like, oh my God. And then they get fouled and they can shoot foul shots. Isn't that amazing? Like, how can you not make a layup but you can shoot foul shots? Uh, have you ever seen me play basketball? Pretty yeah. goddamn close I mean, to that. I'm awful around the rim, and unfortunately, <laughs> that's where I play. Yeah. And then I just hit threes like I'm fucking, you know, Steph Curry. It's pathetic. But uh, but that <laughs> Peyton's win, twelve to two, is the only t- only team I've cheered for, other than West Virginia beating Texas Tech, who I didn't even know had a basketball team. Okay, so here we go. Let's get to the hoops now. West Virginia, you made the point, Bob Huggins can outcoach Turgeon any day of the week. And he's still alive. And he's still alive. And, and he sits are, on a bar, st- a bar stool. And they are shooting up the poles right now. And they have some impressive wins under their belt already. Um, and the Big 12 is is a tough basketball conference. Yeah, I mean, they, lo- Bay- they lost to Kansas well, by Kansas, five or six. Kansas and Baylor are no joke. Yeah. Uh, those guys can play. Texas is always solid. Um, I, I don't think uh, Texas Tech is that bad. No, you know, they're not. They're not. No, they're a good team. Terrible. But West Virginia is that next echelon behind. Wasn't Texas Tech in the final game last year? Final four. Yeah. Or yeah. Even, it was a final four. Well, maybe final, final yeah, four. Yeah. 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 Um, West Virginia is the Tennessee Titans of college basketball. They nobody wants to watch them. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have good shooters. Um, they're they can, they're mean and nasty. They're, they they yep. they play good defense and yep. they're physical and they yep. it's press Virginia usually right uh-huh. that's what they call them right and uh, I don't know if Rabel pukes out of his window while driving down the street <laughs> though that's what I'm not so sure about. <laughs> That was a legend. <laughs> no one saw him doing. I know Jeremy busts Huggy's balls, but if he if I Huggins no, if Huggins, he busts his balls only because he's so jealous, yeah, he would if love Huggins, to be in Huggins. If Huggins was the Maryland coach, I'm telling you, not only would Maryland never go below the top ten, but Jeremy would have a Huggins fucking shirt on. Yes, he would. I think the only one that wouldn't like that. And pardon me if I'm wrong about this. I don't think Mitch would like Huggins as our coach. If, no. he, if he wins, he'd be fine with it. Yeah, you he, might they, be right about that. Oh, yeah. Mitch, Mitch they, chime in next week. Shut, I would, shoot us a line. definitely blames Jerry for yesterday's Ravens game. Oh, yes, yeah, he, he does. He, oh, he, he texted me, and then, and then he was arguing with me <laughs> about the, the fourth and one go going for it. He's like, well, I'm going to trust the coach that's 14 and 2. I'm like, wow. <laughs> nah, I just didn't even know what to say. You know? <laughs> How do you respond to that? That was so conclusory with like no, no analysis. I'm going to touch the coach. Good call. Uh, so college basketball is uh, is fast and furious. Uh, so your Mountaineers are doing well. No, but they'll 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 falter. So our Terps are. If you can't score, you can't sustain. So our Terps are all over the place now. The entire college basketball landscape is all over the Ohio place. Ohio State is dropping like a they're like dropping a like a lead fucking bomb. You got um, what was it last week? Six out of the top twelve lost at some point. Right. So look. It's a very even platform. Which There's makes March Madness exciting. It does. Because you're going to have somebody who's an eight or nine seed, and they're going to get to the Final Four. Sure. Yep. Well, it used to be, if you were top three seeds, you know, there was probably only going to be one ups- upset in the first round. Like, you were going right. to get through now. Now, unless you're a number one and a bona fide one, those four fifteen seeds are difficult. Well, here's why, <laughs> right? Here's and the why. 14s are damn near... Like, here's here's yeah. why you're you're UVA, twelve. What do you think about that one? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Your twelve yeah. seeds are probably smaller schools with seniors. Yeah, right. And like when you're playing Kentucky like with that. a bunch of eighteen year olds, yep. who knows what can happen? I know. You know what I mean. So that's why it does get exciting. It does, unless it's one of your teams who's one of the top ones. And then, mm-hmm. um, but uh, my law partner, I was in work. Work killed me last week, so I was out of it. I didn't even know Maryland beat Ohio cheers. State. I'm glad you're here. Thank you. We, um, we lost you for a little while last week. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't even know Maryland beat Ohio State. 
but handily. But yeah, but Jimmy said, yeah, we beat him. We beat him handily. It was great. But this guy, this guy from Iowa, with this big man, may give us trouble. And I was like, well, if you beat Ohio State, they got big men too. And and but it is in Iowa, mm-hmm. and it wasn't even. What what concerns me most about Maryland is it's now not it's a habit. They start slow. Mm-hmm. They didn't start slow against Iowa. They didn't. No. no. Okay, I thought they did. Fifteen points like by the first, uh, you know, first time out. The problem was they didn't score for the next twelve minutes. Right. Yeah, it was like fifteen thirteen <laughs> Maryland, and the next thing I looked up, it was like thirty two eighteen, and we were losing. I just saw the I, I, free throws at that. I saw the six foot guard block uh, Ayala's dunk, and he's like six six, and I was like, that should never happen. Well, it was a foul, but whatever. Well, it, it was one of those games where, okay, I will say this. Maryland beat Indiana and Ohio State by a combined, what, 28 points, I think? Yeah, maybe more than that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you look at those and you go, wow, that's impressive. Neither of those teams shot well. Now, that's a combo, right? Maryland does play good defense. They do. And, and we were fired up. We were at home, and I thought we did play well. I don't think we shot the ball particularly well in either game, though. Mm-hmm. And well, they our best three-point shooting game of the year against Ohio, was Ohio State, I guess. I think Ohio State, yeah. took like 14 or whatever. Correct. So while the, the, the margins of victory look impressive, while they were two very good resume-building wins, I, I wasn't like, man, we've turned the corner. We're great now. And I knew that Iowa game was going to be a dogfight. Unfortunately, it wasn't even a dogfight. Well, we got were, rolled. You were relying on good defense to win the game, essentially, against uh, Indiana and and Ohio State. Well, their defense wasn't that bad against Iowa. It's just they didn't score anything. What was it? Sixty-seven. They gave up. Yeah, I had no, I had no problem giving up sixty-seven. No, I thought we were going to score at least. I thought we were going to score at least seventy-two in that game. We scored what forty-six or forty-eight or whatever the hell it was. So. I, I think um, watching Maryland. You know, the thing is, with the Caps, the old adage is if if Kuzi's playing well, they're going to play well. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's the linchpin. Right. I think if Sticks is playing well. Mm-hmm. Maryland has a really good chance to beat anybody, and if he's not playing well, it, I always thought up until this point it was Cowan, like he was the guy, mm-hmm. and he's the leader, right? Yep. But I think it sticks because you know I think he's if he's going, yeah. and and he's on and he's on and motivated and in rhythm, they're going to be t- they'll t- they can hang with anybody. Well, but- I think what you have to have is you have to you're dead on. You have to have sticks and any one of the three between Cowan, Ayala, and um, and Wiggins. If you get one of those three in sticks, you're going to win most of your games. Right. So, so this is what concerns me a little bit when Maryland goes through these <clears throat> stretches where they just can't score because it happens quite often. And we talked about it happens season. quite often yeah. over a number of years. Yes. Yeah. But in the, this was the year, at least I thought, yes, we're still going to have that five minute stretch, but only happen once in a game. It's still happening two or three times in a yes. game. In this case, it happened for a whole 12 minutes in the first half against yep. Iowa. I mean, no field goals in 12 minutes, I think, after they got the 15 points. That's ridiculous. Zero in 12, That's 12 ridiculous. minutes. I don't know how that happens with the D, any D1 team. So call me completely uh, old school or lack of you know professional coaching or whatever you want to call it, but even in their down years when Duke you know, isn't as strong as they once were, uh, Michigan State, North Carolina, some of those teams, they always have a stud guard, and they've always got somebody inside who's a legit NBA prospect. And they find a way to get themselves into the Elite Eight with basically two players. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> Coach K will basically say, cold shooting night, you know, we're going to take 25 threes tonight, and if we're only going to make four of them, you know what we're going to do? We're going to put my stud guard in isolation as soon as I feel like we're drying up offensively, and he's going to drive and either dish for a wide-open shot get fouled, or he's going to score himself. And I don't care if he has to do that 10 possessions in a row. Yeah, and I don't know if, you know, and I completely agree with that, and that's what's so frustrating that 
We don't see Maryland doing that, especially with the talent they have now. Correct. They, have, they have a lot more than two guys. Well, they so, have a ton more than two guys, but the point is, if you take Cowan and Sticks and you go, guys, we haven't scored in five minutes. Yeah. Here's the deal. Those two are the only two that are going to touch the ball for right. the next five right. possessions, and yeah. we're going to find yeah, a way you, to get some points. Say, Anthony, you're the guy. You right. got you to make yeah. things happen. You, Let's you go. penetrate. You're the That's guy. Right. Where, you know, the rest of you three assholes, you're going to rebound. You're going to play defense. And, and you're going to pick. That's right. You know, yep. And he won't do that. Correct. I think you're right. And there are way better and smarter coaches out there that would tell me to shut the fuck up. That's not how you play basketball. But I look around the country and I see too many teams with stud guys doing that and they get further than Maryland gets. Well, keep it simple. And it seems like he can't. And that's what's frustrating. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, because when when everybody's on fire, he he has no problem. A good rotation. He'll get the right guys in there, call the right plays. But then they don't score for 12 minutes. You're like, okay, there's, there's a big time disconnect here. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they are thirteen and three. They are right, so that's, yeah, that's pretty harsh on a thirteen uh, and three team. Yeah, but, but I mean, <laughs> when, when, after that that game, I mean, that's the kind of game you can't. I mean, it, it was so brutal. It was I mean, bad. They had zero chance to win that game. I know, and, and they, that's, that's unacceptable. Right. I agree with that you. That is unacceptable. But they did play well against Indi- better than I thought against Indiana and Ohio right, State, well, that, which makes it all the more unacceptable. You can't at least show up against Iowa. Right. They got the next five is, is this at Wisconsin, home to Purdue. At Northwestern, at Indiana, home to Iowa. I think you have to go four and one or three and two in those. Yeah, three and two is what I'm looking for there. But then you have to go three and two. I, three and two minimum. I think four and one is reasonable. I mean, is Wisconsin good? They're not ranked. No, but they, so they beat of, Ohio State. They got a bunch but again, of Ohio State yeah. is plummeting. Well, yeah. So, you, you know, know the kiss of death right now. I'm going to say it for how bad Maryland was on Friday. There's no way they come out that flat at home. It's at, oh no, it's at Wisconsin. It's right? at Wisconsin. They still don't come out that flat. There's no way. So, but I mean, yeah, but I mean if you're gonna if you're gonna be the team, you th- we thought they could be mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year. These are the games you have to win. Yep. I mean, you have to go into a tough place like Wisconsin and beat a team that's not a top twenty-five team. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's re- it's rebound too. You come back yeah. from that tough loss, brutal loss. You can't play that bad again. And you got to play better. And you figure them playing better should earn the win. We'll see. I mean, they only have games, the remaining schedule, uh, currently against three ranked teams, Michigan State, Ohio State, who's plummeting, and Michigan. So mm-hmm. that's, that's four games remaining. You know, that sets you up. It's not a – you know, it's not the the strongest conference in the world. They, they really should have eight losses, tops. Tops. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't you think? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's pretty much spot on, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they have to play better. They have to. Yeah, be more um, consistent. And, again, they actually played decent defense, especially in the second half at Iowa the other night, but they only scored 49 points. And the thing is, they and even, it's just yeah, not good enough. They took Iowa, you know, punches from Iowa. Guys were hitting because Iowa was brutal against it was Nebraska. And so they came back and played better. You had to expect that. And, again, though, but 67 points should not be a problem for Maryland. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be. You're, you're right. Absolutely. Yep. But <laughs> if you told me <laughs> we were going to go on the road to Iowa, uh, take their best shot, which it really was their best shot. That's about oh, yeah. as good I as they can play. And they would score 67. I'd be like, all right, that was a one possession game. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That game was either 67, exactly. 65, or we pulled it out 70 to 67. Instead, we had 49 fucking that's, points. That's a, I mean, that's, that's just, that's Jesus Christ. That's what you just can't have. Jesus no. wept bowl of shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's All right, bullshit. before we end, Jeremy, prediction for tomorrow, LSU, Clemson. Clemson. And why? Clemson 38, LSU 35. 
I Ooh, think that um, a classic, an instant classic. Yeah, I like they, it. Yeah, Clemson is just. We still don't really know what they are because they finally played. You know, their first tough game of the year a couple weeks ago. Um, LSU can put up sixty. It seems like on almost anybody, but I think Clemson does have the athletes to hang with them, and they're probably going to need a little bit of help from the officials or a turnover. You know, a timely turnover. But I, I think that Lawrence. You know, he just the guy didn't lose. That's where I am. I'm saying 35-32 LSU, but it goes down to the final possession. It's going to be a, it's going to be a good game, one for the ages. Sweet. Okay, all right. I'm going to go off script a little bit. I'm going to go 42-21 LSU. Um, I think the game is an epic first half. I think it's like tied at halftime, and it's and it's great. And then I think LSU just steps on the gas. And I, as good as Clemson is, as veteran laden as they are in these big games, there's something about this LSU team. Their athletes impressed the living shit out of me two weeks ago. Yeah. And I think I think they win going away. It wouldn't surprise me, though. You know how we always get in the national championship game of basketball, even like Duke and Kentucky. Yep. The games are so low scoring. Ah, uh, you're right. Because there's, so there's so much pressure mm-hmm. on it, and, and there's always slow starts. Wouldn't surprise me if the, if that were the case. Maybe in the game would be in the 20s. But I do think that just – I think LSU has better athletes on defense than Ohio State did overall. I mean, mm-hmm. Ohio State had studs individuals but then they had some weaknesses the sec defense i think is 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 going to be better and burrow is going to play better than uh, fields i think fields was he just wasn't good enough no it wasn't healthy either which doesn't <clears> help, <throat> so. it wasn't good enough but you bring up a good point that sec gauntlet the fact that lsu made it through unscathed and quite honestly didn't even have that many close games when you really look at right, it right. i mean they went through the best conference in football and fucking hammered them. Yep. So I mean, you know, Venables, <laughs> Venables had Fields confused. Yeah, Fields didn't know. I mean, he didn't know where the guys were coming from. He was disguising coverages. They were blitzing from different la- angles. And he's a you know he's a really good player. But I think that was the first time that he had been confused all year, and it led to some some turnovers. I don't sure. think Burrow is going to be as confused. I think I don't think so yeah. either. And, and let's he, face it, Ohio State is on a different level than Oklahoma. So when you look at the two, you know, compare compared to each other, you go, oh, Clemson just got past Ohio State. Well, Ohio State was arguably the best team going into the I tournament. I thought they were going to win. I thought so, well, too. Yeah. Well, and, Jerry, I think, said that's your national championship game. Yep, that's what I, I thought. Yep. Yeah. But, but, now, but Oklahoma but was now, clearly, they, right. they, they, they were the fourth wheel, yes. but, you know, but, by but, far, but I thought you know. Oklahoma was going to give a better showing. When I saw LSU score more, at least, yeah. I when mean. I saw LSU play, I was like, "Damn, they're oh. real, they are so much. They're better than I thought they were." Yep, agreed. Which made me change. But I thought Oklahoma was certainly the fourth team out of four, but I thought they would be competitive mm-hmm. because that's a pretty good program. And they, they weren't on athletes, the same playing field. And they weren't night. even on yep. the same playing field. It yep. was like varsity versus JV. Yep. So that's why I pick LSU, just because they're damn better than I thought they were. Mm-hmm. Now nah, they're good, man. Either way, I hope it's a good game. I hope it goes down to the wire. Um, the, I, I'm not a fan of the layoff. No, it's too long. Way too long. I would have really rather recapped this game right now and had the game been last Monday versus tomorrow night. But uh, and, and so be it's it. not fair to these kids who have to go to school. That's correct. They should be working on their studies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're all about. Cocktails during the game and not feel hungover in the morning. So yeah. check this out. Kansas City just muffs a punt at well, the five. They just down stuffed, you know, Houston. Oh, we'll get the ball back, turn this around, and then they just Hey Kansas City fans, I know exactly how you feel. I was there last night. <sighs> Poor Andy Reid. 
Poor Andy Reid. He'll probably eat himself to death tonight. <laughs> let's hope not. Yeah, let's hope, hope not. not. And let's hope we're here next coach. week. <laughs> yeah, I definitely hope. Oh, that was Hill too. Come he'll on, be, dude. He'll be like uh he'll be like the guy in Dodgeball at the end. Yeah, <laughs> fucking Chuck Norris. That's right. <laughs> fucking Chuck Norris. And with that, with a dodgeball reference, we will see you guys next week. Thank you for tuning in. Wings, beers, and tears, your DMV sports podcast. Download it, drop us a line, subscribe. We'll see you next week. See ya. Peace.